You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice Welcome to the One Mic, One Voice show, building the collective conscious. show that's created to give space where your voice, ideas, and informed opinions can be heard, appreciated, and debated. I am Michael Eric Owens, back in the One Mic studio, folks. It's been a minute. That's all right. Every now and then, we need a break. <laughs> but I'm back here with you, and uh, yeah. We have a very important topic to address today. Um, I can only imagine what you're going through during this time in our country. And I want to talk a little bit about 9-11. I think it's, you know, there was some chatter this past week about uh, this idea of why do we continue to celebrate and give so much attention to 9-11. Now, and especially when when so much has happened in our country and tragedy after tragedy and death after death and COVID-19 and world pandemic, and there, there are so many things that have transpired in our country. And so why is it so important to commemorate 9-11? Well, it, it, you know, and on the surface, that's a valid question. But I, I think we have to make a distinction between foreign terrorism and domestic terrorism. You know, foreign terrorism does not discriminate at all. There is, there is, it doesn't matter what race you are, what, what your background, your socioeconomic breakdown is. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that um, everyone's included. Everyone can be a victim in foreign terrorism. Foreign terrorists see Americans as Americans. They don't care whether you're black, white, Asian, Latinx. LGBTQ community, they don't care. It's terrorism. It's targeted at Americans, at America. Domestic terrorism is different because what domestic terrorism does, it actually targets specifically a group of individuals. So there's a difference. And so I think even in the psyche and how we look at terrorism, terroristic acts if it happens to another group it's just another group but when it happens to you when you know that um you can be a victim of this and i think it changes things and i think the commemoration of this is so important because when it comes to foreign terrorism it's something that we all need to be concerned about we all need to be reminded of because, again, it's viewed as an attack on Americans, not black Americans, not white Americans. That's domestic terrorism. Again, it's specific to a group. 
But foreign terrorism, no, it it has no bounds. And yeah, you know, and what's so crazy about it all is, you know, when you think about these terrorists, they see um, black Americans as Americans, but the domestic terrorists <laughs> doesn't see us as fellow citizens. And as uh, as grotesque as that may be that you're given more of a status from someone who wants to annihilate the country than those living within. But it's important, though. It's important, though, to, um, it's truly important to, um, to commemorate it, to look back on it, to understand it. And, and, and we put so much focus on 9-11. I appreciate it, Brother Arthur. Good point on domestic terrorism. It, 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 when, when, you, when you think about 9-11, it's the shock value. It's the horror. It's the aftermath. But think about 9-12. What happened on 9-12? We saw unity in this country like we've never seen it. For the first time in this country, we actually saw each other. We saw humanity. We saw a coming together. At that time, we were a divided country as well. But that experience broke down all of those barriers. What united us on that day what brought us together the day afterwards it wasn't about the black community or the white community or the asian it wasn't about that it was about america matter of fact it might have been the purest form of patriotism that we could ever see people started seeing each other But what brought us together? Well, number one, it was fear. Fear brought us together. The pictures, the images, the planes hitting the towers, the planes hitting the Pentagon, uh, um, the one flight that crashed um, when they fought back. Um, It was fear that brought us together. It was loss. It was the act of our understanding of our vulnerability. Yeah, that would never happen in America, not on American soil. We're the greatest country with the greatest military the world has ever known, is what they say. But on that day, we saw our vulnerability. We saw that the military industrial complex could not save us we saw that the all of the intelligence community could not save us our great leadership in the presidential office could not save us the congress could not save us we were vulnerable our vulnerability was on full display folks and we knew that and that united us because we all felt vulnerable. How could this happen? We all had pain. 
when we saw those folks jumping from the towers because they had no other choice but to burn to death. And when the faces begin to flash across the television screen, yes, we all shared that pain, that disbelief, but we also shared empathy. Not everyone, but the majority of Americans started to understand what it feels like to be bruised, to be broken, to be abandoned, to be confused. We all experienced that, and that's what united us. That's what brought us together. That's what removed the scale from our very eyes. We saw each other. And then what did we do? We coalesced. We came together. Not just us, but the entire world wept with America. They wept with America. The entire world. The entire world was behind us. And whatever we need in, in resources and prayers and whatever we need, the entire world was there. And we were there for each other, 9-12. But now we're into the 21st century, two decades past removed. And where are we? Where are we? Do we see and feel this unity? Did you feel it yesterday? Did you see it yesterday? There was so much commemoration. There was so much acknowledgement and 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 looking back. And but did 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 we recapture that unity? Where's the fear? Where's the loss? Where's the vulnerability? Where's the pain? Where's the disbelief? And most importantly, where's the empathy? It's gone. It's gone. You know, what does that say about a country? That the only time that you can truly come together in unity is when something tragic happens to you. What does that say about the American spirit? When it doesn't matter how many black brothers and sisters we see killed or LGBTQ or Asian uh, hate crimes, it doesn't matter what's happening to the Native American people. It doesn't matter what's happening with women's rights in this country. It doesn't matter because it doesn't impact us that way. Because the empathy is gone. We've moved back into our silos. And we forget 9-12 in the days that follow. We forget that we shared in that experience, in that pain, in that loss, in that grief, we have forgotten. And we're back in our silos. And we're more divided today 
than we've ever been. Imagine that. You keep hearing that all the time. As, 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 as life goes on, we keep hearing America is more divided. How much division are we willing to accept? Are we willing to accept the total collapse of our democracy? Because that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. You know, I thought doing 9-12, I thought, really, I thought, man, we had, although this was such a horrific and tragic event and we mourned the loss of life, I thought something new had happened. People began to see me, see you. There was a different aura in the air. There was a sense of this collective experience as American people that we begin to see and understand that we as a country must do better, that we must allow for our unity to be our strength, and that moments like these are not inescapable. They're not. We rally behind many mistakes. You see that sort of patriotism. When it falls in the wrong hands, that's why we ended up in Iraq and began then in Afghanistan. And it's it's ironic that 20 years later we, we've just pulled out and, and, and we see the Oh, the tragic events of, of, of that. And, 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 and now the, the changing, or I should say the reemergence of the Taliban in that country and what it means to young girls and women in that country. 9-12. What happened? What happened? We made decisions based upon our fear, based upon our vulnerability, based upon the fact that we had had awakened to a new world, one in which we were not the masters of our own selves. But some dude somewhere started in Saudi Arabia ended up in Afghanistan and planned one of the most heroic, horrific, sorry, acts that the world has ever seen. Yeah, what happened to 9-12? Let me tell you what happened. What happened was our problems were still there. They were still there. Everything that this country had been dealing with up until that point, through generations, it was still there. The discrimination, the sexism, the xenophobia, the hate crimes, that all that history was still there. And it has never been dealt with. When we talk about unity in this country, 
if we truly want unity in this country, we have to deal with our past in our present. Our present is predicated on our past. It's connected. We, can, we cannot dislodge ourselves from our past. But that day and that following day, we didn't worry about our past because our past didn't matter. What matters was our shared experience. Just like today, we have a shared experience. The past will not matter if we understand our shared experience. That includes our failures and our victories. That's acknowledging the truth of our existence. You, you cannot sweep it under the rug. If we had another 9-11, I don't know if it would be the same. We are so fractured. In every sector of our society, that I don't even know if we have the strength to muster up unity. We would be blaming each other for the tragedy instead of looking at one another for support. We are living in a new time. This podcast is titled 9-11 from United to Divided States of America. Think about that, United States of America. The very premise is based upon unity, based upon states that work together with the federal government, United States of America. Can we actually say that we are a united country? When we see what is happening with voting rights for minorities, when we see what is happening with the controls over women's bodies, over the growing Me Too movement and and, and the, the unearthing of sexism and the damage it has wrought on women throughout the history of this country when we still look at the poor and they're just getting poor and the wealthy are just getting more rich. When we look at this country and what happened on January 6th, the loss of life, the threatened, the very threatening of our democracy. Can we say that we are the United States? When at one time we were a pillar, a pillar, people from all over wanted to come to America. And they still do because their situation is much worse. But there was a time where people saw America as this place, this welcoming place, 
Now, we are the brunt of many jokes. We are seen as the most dysfunctional democracy. Why? Because of us. It's not because of an outside influence. It's not because we're being controlled by another nation, another state nation. No. It's because of us. This is all self-inflicted. White supremacy is self-inflicted. Racism, sexism, it's all self-inflicted. You see, no nation will take America down. We're doing a pretty good job of that ourselves. We're taking each other down. Our leaders have failed us on the local level, on the, on the, on the state level, on the national level. They have failed us. And we have failed ourselves. We're not exempt. When you look at us today and you look at where we are as a country, with the mounting problems each and every day. And across our airwaves, the division and vitriol that is spoken every day. How dare we call ourselves the United States of America? We do shame to 912. The day after the tragedy, folks, oh, man, we saw love. We really did. All faiths came together. People that would have never had a concern about the other were thinking differently. We were all united but let me just say this. Good afternoon, Doreen. Let me say this. That is the wrong thing to unite us. Fear, pain, loss. That, in, 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 in all that description, that was nothing that anyone would say that they want. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to always feel vulnerable. I don't want to always experience loss. What does that say about a country where those are the defining factors of our unity? That we have to be attacked. That lives have to be lost in order for us to wake up. Mm. that's terrible when we cannot look at one another and see our own common humanity and say yeah that's my brother that's my sister when we need a foreign actor to rattle us and shake us to the point where we wake up it's not good. 
And I don't even know if that would work today. That's that maybe that's the greatest tragedy of all that even if we had another 9-11, and I do not want another 9-11. Don't blast my 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 uh message just saying that I, I'm I'm advocating. I don't want that. But even if it happened, I think we are so broken as a country. We're, we're, we're unable to come back together. You know, America's relationships is based upon division. It's who we are. We have forged our identity out of division. We describe ourselves as being for or against something. And within that something are people. And so we describe our very nature as Americans as being for or against each other. Our political parties are so strong that they regulate our lives. We are inundated with information, but get get this, we're only receiving the information that speaks to our own soapbox. We dismiss what we completely disagree. Now, I heard someone talk about... Um, doing research and how we research everything and make an informed opinion. Well, I would advocate for that. I, I have concerns because we are so divided in our echo chambers that there is no real debate. Do you know what real debate is? Real debate begins with factual information you see you can't have an opinion if you don't have the facts and in many cases those of us who are offering our opinion should just shut up we don't know what we're talking about we're sharing misinformation we're sharing non-truths And we are in these echo chambers in such a way that if I hear something that I disagree with or it comes from a certain source in which I've been told is fake news, I don't even listen to it. Now, distinguish. Remember I said debate begins with factual information. It's in the realm, not with conspiracy theories, not with um, slants, whether it is a liberal slant or a conservative slant. That's not how you, you enter into debate. So if we are a country where we cannot debate facts, the facts of history, the facts of our day, 
how can we ever find common ground? Well, I say to you, we can't. We can't. Because fear, loss, pain, vulnerability will only take you so far. Sooner or later, you're not going to be afraid. You're not going to experience loss or pain. It is in the normal of life, in the everyday life, not in the extremes of life where we find unity. Why is there unity in white supremacy? That's the extremes. That's based on hate. That's based on a false sense of superiority. But there's unity in that. But that is not what I'm talking about. It is in the normalcy of life. In the everyday experience. That's where unity is developed. That's where we see each other. Not in the extremes. And if it takes the extremes to unite us. Think about it for a moment. The Black Lives Matter movement. That is a reaction to extremism. So we have folks that are united in the Black Lives Matter movement. That will never bring American unity. Because it is in opposition to the extreme. You have to eliminate the extreme in order to have a chance at unity because you're always fighting against something. America. The country of the free, the brave, the country of opportunity, of liberty, of the pursuit of happiness. Man, those are some powerful words written long ago. But have you experienced those words? What prevents us? Disunity. You see, we are the divided states of America. And the, if I could say this, the, the hatch that was sealed for so long was opened up by Donald Trump. And we still feel the impact. We will continue to feel the impact of that. And when you have local leaders and national leaders, that continue to give you the same rhetoric, the same, <laughs> how, how, how much longer are we satisfied with hearing the same thing coming out of different mouth? You see, America cannot, these, okay, let me just say this. The folks that we have in leadership 
are incapable of uniting us. And that's one great quality of a leader, being able to unite people. Matter of fact, any great leader will have this attribute. You cannot be a great leader if you divide people. You have to figure out beyond your ego, beyond your own self-agenda, if you are a leader, how do I unite people? How do I reach people? How do we get back to 912 in the days that follow? We're a long way off from that, folks. We're a long way off from that. So when we commemorate 9-11, yes, we should do it. But we're forgetting the most important aspect. We're forgetting the days that followed. America looked different. I know things changed, and and, and 9-11 changed everything. It changed the course of history. Something simple. You got to take your shoes off. Take your belt off. Take your coat off. Everything's got to be screened to fly. Now Americans can be eavesdropped on at a drop of a hat. It changed everything. Yet... We forget the most important thing. It changed us. But see, change is only lasting if it's consistent. You know, you, you've, you've had someone in your life that's Jekyll and Hyde. You work for, for a, a boss that one day they're nice, the next day they're, they're two feet on hell. <laughs> you know you you've been in that situation where you don't know you don't know what you're going to get because change is only good if it lasts and we changed for a moment but what happened again our problems on 910 were still there on 912 we put them aside and we focused on each other. But when the, when the focus was taken off of each other and we went back into our own silos, our problems were still there. People are still suffering in this country. People are still being abused by police officers. People are still being discriminated at their jobs. Women are still being seen as objects. And and men see that as an entitlement to whatever they want to take. Our gay brothers and sisters are still being discriminated against. Asian hate is on the rise. We know what's happening in our city streets right now. Every state is jumping on the bandwagon to take away a woman's right over her body. And I hate the discussion about whether you are for or against 
abortion. That's not that's that's not the issue. It's really not. The issue is should a woman make her own decisions? Or should government tell her? Government doesn't tell men what to do with their bodies. That's the discussion. It's not about whether you're for, whether you're pro-life. That's not the discussion. That's the red herring. Because the obvious answer is yes. Women should have the same rights as a man. End of story. What a woman chooses to do with that is between her and her God. Period. And the state, and especially men, should stay out of that. That's not your right. But what does that do? That further divides us. And it's not just a division. It what comes out of that division. This becomes a health crisis. Women begin to put their lives in danger. There's a lot that our disunity has wreaked havoc on the most vulnerable in our society. Now, I get the patriotic thing. I get it. Everybody wants to wave the flag and we want to say how united we are. That's just a word. It's not a reality. And you know, I'm speaking the truth to you. The good book says a house divided cannot stand. Cannot. It's not even a possibility. If, if, do you see the direction we're heading? Can you clearly see that there is disaster at the end? That if we, again, I said it, it's not about a foreign actor destroying America. It is us. We are the ones. We're imploding. Yet, hmm. 9-11 comes around every year and we talk about our unity. We talk about it as if it exists. I'm afraid to tell you today that America is in deep trouble. How can we change this? It's up to us. I've been saying it for years. You cannot look to local leaders. You cannot look to state and national leaders. You cannot look to your elected leaders to change America, to unite America. For goodness sakes, we had, we had Republicans that, that tried to overthrow the election. We can't even agree that our election process is fair. We have to go after the very people because they're exercising their right to vote. This is done by our 
elected leaders. We won't even mandate masks when the science says that it saves the lives of children and teachers and staff. But the governor says no mandate. The Florida governor says if you if you mandate masks, I'm going to take money from you. These are our leaders. You can't look to them. You have to come to that conclusion. There's no local leader or or state or national leader that's going to come and tell you the truth. The truth is too painful. They're there for the money and for the power. Now, I'm not going to say every one of them because that would be unfair. There's got to be, you know, some wheat among the chaff. There's some. But they don't have the power because only in unity can we change this country. Divided, we fall. A house divided cannot stand. It's pretty simple. Unless to agree, they can't walk together. That's Bible. So unless we come together <laughs> as a group, Linda says, good afternoon, great topic. Amen. Um, we talk about unity, but do we really have unity? I think not. It's more rhetoric. It's more of the same. I mean, Donald Trump talked about the United States being unified. I mean, <laughs> if that's not laughable, I don't know what is. And the damage that we have done, now get this, the damage that we have done as a country around the world. Now, I know people going to criticize, you can't criticize America. Well, I served America for 13 years. I think I sit in the seat where I have earned the right to be critical. I gave 13 years of my life. What have you given the damage that we have done around the world, 20 years in Afghanistan, look at it. We got rid of the Taliban, and what happened? They right back there. Look at Iraq. You see, as Americans, we cannot unite if we don't tell the truth of our existence. We have made major mistakes. It's not that we have not done good things. America gives more aid than any other country. We give more money to NATO. We, we, we are leader and, and, and when it comes to economics and, 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 and we have helped develop and we've, we've done so much on, on the AIDS front. And yes, America has done some great things. I'm very proud of those things. But we've done some terrible things. 
Those are the things that if we do not acknowledge and learn from and repent of, if we don't repent of these things, how can we be in unity? Again, I'm going to remind you, 9-12, what a story. Out of tragedy came us, a country that was not looking out, but looking in, looking at each other, serving each other, coming together, grieving together. Yeah. But look at us now. And on the day of commemoration, when President Biden calls for unity, we're slowly tearing each other apart. The divided states of America. I don't know what you do about the Texas situation. Okay. Oklahoma's about to jump on the bandwagon. I don't know what you do. Because like I said before, some things that are broken cannot be put back together. You know, when you drop a glass and it shatters, you can't, there's too many pieces. There's too many fragments. It hit the ground and it broke a little bit more. It's impossible. I mean, deep down, I'm an optimist. Really, I am. Some people would probably disagree when I think I'm an optimist. But when I look at this country today, there are so many fragments, so many pieces that have been shattered that I feel it's impossible to put them back together again. But the only people that can try is us. In our circle of life, in those we deal with on a daily basis, let's have some unity. Let's stop stabbing each other in the back, trying to one-upmanship each other. Let's stop having our own separate agenda. Let's stop the jealousy, the envy. Let's stop jumping in front of the cameras when they show up knowing we have done nothing. Let us be our brothers and sisters keepers. Let us be the greatest servant of all to each other. Until we take on that mentality, folks, we will get more of the same and even worse. You think this is bad. This is not the bottom. We're falling. And many of us don't even know it. The lights have already went out and many of us are walking around like it's daytime. 
The end has already arrived, and some of us think that we are at the beginning. We are in trouble, deep trouble, not just for us, but for our children and their children. We have created a world in which it will be impossible for them to be loved, for them to be accepted, for them to be valued, for them to have opportunity. This is the world that we're creating for them, a world of disunity. Shame on us. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of of seeing us as a country say what we are, but be what we are not. If we are truly going to talk about commemorating an event like 9-11 and talk about unity, talk about how this is the greatest country that the world has ever known, some would say. You got to put up or shut up. We're in trouble. And as we move through this pandemic, we're divided over the pandemic. I said division is in our DNA. It's how we constitute our being is what we are for and what we are against. And how we can take a pandemic that didn't even start in this country. It didn't even start here. That made its way over to our shores. How we could take that and make it a political issue speaks to the depravity of America. That somehow, if I get a vaccine, that means I'm liberal. And if I don't, I'm conservative. Somehow the Democrats are pushing this vaccine on this country. Vaccine? Is 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 a is the COVID vaccine? Is it is the Pfizer or the Moderna? Is that is that something different than the than other vaccines that were created by scientists? The Democrats get in a a, a room and say we're gonna create a vaccine and push it on everybody. I mean, this is ludicrous, but it's how we identify ourselves. They were interviewing a lady, and the guy said, "Would you get the vaccine?" She said, "No, I won't get it." And she, you know, she she said, "This is just a democratic hoax." And and the interviewer said, "Well, Donald Trump got the vaccine." She said, "Well, I don't believe he did." The man said he got the vaccine. You see, her identity is based upon 
her conservative views. And her conservative views says you don't do anything that the Democrats encourage. Doesn't matter if it will save your life. Every issue in this country, there's stark differences over, which equals division. Because we don't just disagree. We agree not to come together to discuss it. We're in trouble. So where do we go from here? That's a very good question. You see, we don't have the levers of power. We just can't step out and go and say, so let it be, and it happens. But what we do have is control over our own circle. And if everyone within their circle begin to show 912, some things will change. Not all things. But we would be on a better path than we are now. I didn't even mention the division over climate change. I mean, we're in trouble. So what I want you to do for me, what I want you to do for me, Doreen said you're on point with the vaccine Linda says we talk about unity. I already said that again. But do we really have unity? I think not. We can only do what we can do. And within our own circles, we have to show empathy and love and respect. We have to encourage one another. Don't tear somebody down just to make yourself feel better. Maybe if we localize all of this, maybe if we put it at our front door, then we can begin to make change. Maybe if we see each other. Hmm. Like Ellison said, I'm invisible because you simply refuse to see me. Maybe if we become visible to each other, then we can begin to talk about unity. Divided folks, we will fall because history will speak of us. Somewhere in the distant future, a scribe will reach down deep into the archives of our time. And what will she find? Will she discover that we overcame our differences? Will she find that out of many, we became one? Or will she find that we solved nothing and, re re and, and remained a divided peoples? Yes, history will speak of us. change this in our life 
All we gotta do is work together We gotta raise our children better We gotta stop the hate, stop the hate And spread the love One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice One mic, one voice You can change the world, it's your choice Thank you for downloading the One Mic, One Voice show. Take a moment and subscribe and share. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platform. Thank you for your continued support and for your voice. You can change the world. It's your choice. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the One Mic, One Voice show are not the views, thoughts, and opinions of our sponsors.